What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. It's finally here. We can finally talk. We can finally say something. This is exciting. I'm so excited for this, Greg. I've been waiting for this for the whole week. It's just been so hard. It's all pent up in me. I can't wait to talk to you and Blessing Adeoye Jr., the new face of video game. How are you doing? I've been waiting to talk about this game. Man, Clubhouse Games, 51 Worldwide Classics. Oh, my God. I've been waiting to talk about this game for a week. Oh, man, I'm ready. And making a return to the Kind of Funny Games cast, Christine Steimer from What's Good Games. Hello. It's been like four years, five years. It's been a while. It's been a long while. Um, But we got you here for a good one, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. If it's gonna, yeah. if I'm gonna pick one, this is gonna be the one. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Of course, we are talking about the Last of Us Part Two review, which is the topic of the show, the entire show, um, here on the Kind of Funny Games Cast, where each and every week we get together, talk about video games, all the things that we love about them. You can get this show um, ad free and with a post show by going to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games most of the time, um, and you can watch it later on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com. If you want to listen to it, you can download it on your favorite podcast service. Just search for Kind of Funny Games Cast. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, not only do you get the the fun perks, you can also be a Patreon producer like Mohammed Mohammed, Connor Nolan. James Hastings, Sancho West Gaming, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, Delaney Twinning, Aaron Bonilla, uh, Bonilla, uh, Jeffrey Long, Jesus Barrio, aka Bent Fork PR. All of you are fantastic people, and we appreciate you very, very much. But let's just get right into it. It's been way too long. We've waited years for this game to come out. We've now played it. We can now talk about it. The Last of Us Part Two, provided by PlayStation. Kevin, can you please bring up the little thingy thing? Nailed it. Let people nice. know. Seeing, they ain't arresting me today. Nah. Not today. Not today. Greg Miller. So much is just a big ass fine. <laughs> I, you know, uh, Steimer, I'm afraid of uh, anybody. I don't want. I don't want anybody with any kind of federal nope. authority coming through. Here. Leave me alone. Yeah, nobody needs to be looking through our archives. Greg Miller, I want you to kick us off here. Last of Us Two review. You being one of the biggest sure. Sony affiliated people in the entire world when it comes to sure. PlayStation, you've been covering this forever. Yep. Naughty Dog, kind of your specialty. Sure. Last of Us Part 2, go. Uh, the Last of Us Part 2. First off, two spoiler-free reviews is what we've decided, right? And obviously, that's also what the embargo says. Uh, Last of Us Part 2 is a masterpiece. And I don't use the term lightly. And I think it it's Naughty Dog's best video game by a country mile. Um, I think it does things no video game has ever done before. You know, I've talked to all of you privately about it. And the thing I keep coming back when I talk about this is that it's more than a video game. And I feel it's this perfect spot between being a video game, a movie, and a really great book. Like, it's this sweeping story. It goes on these great tangents. You don't know what's around the next corner. And that's the other thing, too. You know, obviously, there are so many spoilers out there beforehand. Like, I had the game, quote, unquote, spoiled for me. And I did not at all. Um, I think it's a technical marvel in terms of graphic fidelity, in terms of audio. I think it's the best gameplay Naughty Dog's ever done. I think the gameplay is on another level. I think the story is incredible. I think the characters are incredible. I, I can't say enough nice things about it. Blessing. The game's really, really good. It's like, it, it's, it's to what Greg just said, right? It's, I think it's the best Naughty Dog game that I've played. Uh, um, it being the sequel to The Last of Us. You know, like Last of Us is one of those games where if you would ask me before they announced this game, I would have said the game doesn't need a sequel. Like Last of Us, I think, stands so well on its own. And it's one of those things where I look at The Last of Us as one of the, I guess, one of my iconic video game stories. When I look back at video game stories that I've loved and, I, and I've enjoyed and I've looked back on is like tentpole stories for video games. Like Last of Us is that. And so I think the biggest compliment I can pay to Last of Us Part 2 is that I think it is probably the best sequel to a video game I've ever played. Right. Like, I think for me, I my experience with Last of Us Part Two kind of mirrors my experience watching Avengers Endgame, which sounds like I'm overselling it. But I think the thing that that Last of Us Part Two does so well is that it constantly rewards you for being a fan of the first game. Like, it constantly references the first game, constantly celebrates the first game, and constantly like points back to the first game. And it doesn't feel like the ways in which it succeeds in being a sequel, it doesn't necessarily feel like it was a cash in or it was like a, a story that they put together last minute to like 
try and make sense as a sequel to the last of us like last of us part two feels like its own story and its own game while at the same time feeling so authentic to the events of the first story uh and they do that better than i think i've ever seen before in a video game steimer so i'm with blessing in that originally if you had asked me i would say i didn't want this game or i didn't need for this game to exist but i and i'm so so glad that i'm an idiot right like and that i shouldn't <laughs> because Neil and the team at naughty dog have made something that i think is even so much better than the original in a lot of ways that i would have never anticipated i thankfully did not manage to see any of the spoilers on the internet like greg um and i got to go into it fairly blind like i did watch a few of the things that they had done pr trailers or whatever here and there but for the most part, I just kind of got to go in and experience this um, with fresh eyes and just allowing it to take me where it wanted to go. And I think that that was what made the experience really special for me and why even when I talked about it on our show, What's Good, I I like am always hesitant to say a little bit too much or anything about even if we're speaking so generally, mm -hmm. I still get a little nervous because I don't want to ever you know, to ruin that for anybody or to, to take any ex of this experience away from them because it was just such a beautiful ride full time. Yeah, I, to me, to me, this is undeniably one of my favorite pieces of media, period. Like, it's not just, it, you said it's more than a video game, Greg. I totally agree. And I feel I just played through Last of Us Part 1 and the DLC right before this. And, like, I stand by that i think those games hold up entirely and are, are fantastic still playing this it's just so far ahead of that but it just refines it all so much and it is difficult steimer to your point to kind of talk about this game and why it's so special um without getting into the spoilers because everything is so perfectly connected to each other from story to gameplay to dialogue to characters um to the way to when you interact when you don't interact it's playing with you constantly and anything that made the first game special they just doubled down tripled down quadrupled down on this game is just it's more but not to the point of excess it's to the point mm -hmm. of every single element of this game has a reason and a, a, a purpose for why it's happening where it happens and that to me is what is so special about this is i guarantee that a decade from now we are going to still be talking about this game as being extremely special and important for video games. And I, I honestly even think like it will transcend the conversation of video games. Totally. Yeah. I think what I always like to say, the drum I always beat on any video game, especially if it's story driven, is I feel like traditionally they are very poorly edited. They just, they usually have a lot of fluff in there. There's a lot of turns that you are like, you can easily anticipate or there's, even in the last Uncharted, I kind of complained about the fact that it was always like, oh, it's just around the corner, it's just around the corner. And I was like, no, it's not. We're 10 hours into this. <laughs> no way, that's true. Um, but so this, I'm like, they absolutely nailed the editing on it. And that's, I think, what your point kind of was, Tim, with there's nothing in here that feels like excess fat. It is all intentional. And, and more than that, it's so much. Like, it's not just like, yeah. like normally when we, we talk about movies so much here and like, I, I feel like any single time we watch a movie, we at somebody has the criticism of, oh, I wish it was 30 minutes shorter. They should have cut this. They should have cut, cut that. This is Avengers Endgame portal scene levels from beginning to end where it's just like all of it keeps going. But it is like 10 Avengers Endgames. Like the amount of quality here, the amount of Naughty Dog at peak performance that we get in this this package, how is this sixty dollars? This feels like more than one game to me. Like that. See, that's my thing. That I that playing it and the no spoilers and nothing else. I feel like it's like three games. Like I feel like there are like so many distinct points of this game where you're like, holy shit! Like what is about to happen? How does this go? And like like you're saying, they're always uh toying with you teasing with they're they're taking you on a journey and i think the biggest thing i took away from it right and i'm gonna you know obviously with this review and uh, playstation game provided by playstation giving us so much time with it i was in a unique place with it where i had watched or i'd watch you know nick do his last of us playthrough 
the fuck was that? I'd watch Nick do his <laughs> something's howling outside all of a sudden. I'd watch Nick do his playthrough as he's like co-pilot, right? So I wasn't playing Last of Us Part One, uh, but I was up again on the story. It reminded all the beats. Great. St- played through Last of Us Part Two and then immediately went right back into Last of Us again. This time to play myself again. And we've Last done the spo- yeah Last of Us One, uh, and I we for the spoiler cast we did last week. And in last week's spoiler cast, I say you know like. At times, it felt like a telltale game, and and I and I was I, I I don't know if I described it well enough then of like what I was talking about stiffer stiff animations and the way clothes don't move and all this litany of other issues because again yeah you're talking about a game that is from 2013 compared to something that is 2020, but what really this comes down to is evolution and the fact that when you play this game Last of Us Part Two, you see the same things you did you you experience similar things to what you experienced in Last of Us Part One. But they're all done so much better. They're also they're all done way more uniquely, uh, way more seamlessly. The environments are more detailed, more beautiful. It's everything I think that worked about The Last of Us Part One amplified, and the things that people didn't like about it, which I know gameplay comes up a lot with. I think greatly improved to the point. Can I say of, something crazy? Yeah. Gameplay wise, this game reminded me of Metal Gear Solid Five. No, 100%. I think that this game feels as good as Metal Gear Solid 5. And I've said for years that Metal Gear Solid 5 has perfect gameplay. Dude, running as Ellie, I'm running around, right? I've uh, You can run, you dive, you're prone. You're, it's like it, it was as a stealth game fan all of a sudden a completely not even I don't want to say competent stealth game because I think that's how most people would put last of us there right like it's a fun one the gameplay experiences are great as you know I'm grinding on the platinum right now and going back and replaying areas I'm excited to do it and I'm excited to do it a different way I'm actually exploring my inventory and trying something different and you've beat the game twice now correct yeah and then so I, I went through to last of us uh and left behind and then went back to last of us part two and beat it again oh my god lord yeah. that yeah, yeah. man and it, that's it, a it, lot it is, but it's it's back to what I'm talking about of going back to my statement and explain, expounding a little bit more on it of it being a the, this weird tri-corner meet, right, of video games, movies, and books where, you know, when Christine beat it and texted me and – do you have your notebook full of crazy ideas right now this time? Yeah, I have it right you, <laughs> and like you started talking it about it and we had this conversation about what the game's message was, what it was, you know, what the symbolism of it, what meant in a way that honestly, and I'm not even trying to be uh, hyperbolic here, I haven't had about a game ever. And when you talk about actually talking about a game that way, you're talking about college or high school courses where it really is of like, what did all this mean and why did it happen? And this is Ellie's character arc. And why did that make sense for that to happen here? And why into, you know, the editing thing, why did they choose to play this flashback here or this thing here? Tell you this part of the story there. Hyperbolic is, is such a interesting word for this game. Cause I personally, I, I don't think it's possible to be hyperbolic about it. It's the story is incredible and it's backed up by incredible gameplay. And Every time it's trying to make you feel an emotion, at the end of the day, when you're talking about any form of media, the goal is you feeling something, whether it's mm-hmm. anger or accomplishment or fear or whatever. I have never felt from a video game more than playing Last of Us 2. This is the scariest game I've ever played. This is the most intense game. I couldn't play it for more than like three hours at a time because I would need a break just to be like, I need to see some light right now. I need to like get some air. And <laughs> yeah. that's not even necessarily saying that the entire game is always dark and brooding. It is a lot, but there's always moments to balance that. And it's an emotional roller coaster, but it's it's not like the roller coaster at uh, your local amusement park. It is like the greatest roller coaster of all time. You know what I mean? Like it it is always taking you exactly where it wants you to go. And it's very rarely where you expect it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's the thing that kind of surprises me when Greg says he played he played it twice because like this game I think can be boiled down is uh, as being described as the journey right like this game is a, a journey from beginning to end uh, and like you mentioned him that it's like the scariest game you ever played for me I my takeaway after after beating it was that like man this is kind of this might be the darkest game I ever played but also like the most tender game I've ever played in terms of how it kind of sways back and forth from having those moments of like you know like moments of connection between characters moments of uh genuine like you know emotion between characters but then also moments of like i can't believe this is happening right now and also moments of like man i can't believe this character just went through this like there's there there's so much 
uh, navigation from going to like the darkest of dark places to the warmest of warm places in this game in ways that I don't think I've seen a game touch on. Like for me, the the, the like I have critiques here and there about the gameplay because I I like. I've gotten the the Metal Gear Solid uh, uh, comparison from from uh, both Tim and Greg, and like I can I can see where that comes from. For me, like the biggest, and I think Greg also compared it to this, but the biggest comparison I would make is Hotline Miami, which is funny because they they reference it in the, in the game, and I think and I think Greg was the one that pointed out, but I think like you know they reference it for a reason. Like the I think for me the the combat and the gameplay is very uh, kinetic in a way that hotline miami is right like you feel like all it's it's similar to last was one right where you feel like what's in your arsenal is what you have and you have limited resources and you have to make use with what you have and last is part two that is taken up to like the highest level in terms of all right cool i have all right i have this melee weapon i can craft it to be stronger uh i have a smoke bomb i have my uh my mind trap i have uh, my hunting rifle. All right, what can I make use of here? All right, cool. I have zero bullets and this gun, this gun, and this gun. All right, but I still have this gun and this gun. And so you're you're really using everything in your arsenal to try to try and make do and to try and make it out of every situation. And every situation also isn't a situation where you have to necessarily kill every enemy. Like I I I, I found it surprising that there are multiple parts where I was like, all right, I'm definitely outnumbered here. What am I gonna do? And then I just thought to myself like. What if I run away? What if I just run to where I think I need to go? And sure enough, like I figured out a way to escape. And, and actually, it was it was that uh that PlayStation State of Play demo actually like where they where they had uh where they where they did that gameplay demo, right? Where where at a certain point I was like, all right, I am very outnumbered here. I've been fighting these guys for a while. What if I just like ran to the door that I need to go to and try to escape? And I barely escaped and I barely made it, but I still made it. And that that felt like a moment. Uh, and I think that's like the biggest like. There are a lot of biggest things that this game does, but that's one of the big. <laughs> that's one of my biggest takeaways, right? Is that they make this game within the gameplay, within within the moments, within everything, feel like such a great story experience, feel like such a great journey, and they they engross you in it. And it, yeah. it like the ways in which they do that is su- is super impressive, right? Like for me, like the story here is what it, is what shines uh, above all else, but still like. The, the the gameplay right to the to the hotline miami thing right like they do such a good job of making it feel kinetic and i think that's the thing that i that i absolutely love about the, the gameplay yeah it, I also it's interesting you bring up the state of play uh thing of the, the demo that we recently saw because i i've watched every single thing that they've shown for this game of the state of plays or the e3 demos all that stuff and anytime those moments came up i every single time i was blown away like oh my god this is just like I remember feeling watching it, but now I'm playing it and I can't believe it's somehow even better than I rem- was hoping it was going to be. It's always just so much more intense with the the context yeah, of it like, all. The intensity is is so like every time they showed in the state of play, right? Like the the silencer you can craft for your pistol. Mm-hmm. Every time my silencer broke, it felt like like a like, movie oh, moment man. where I was like, oh shoot, my silence is gone. What am I gonna do now? And you feel like you're on your toes the whole time. And the the specific point that I want to bring up is there was the I forgot what demo it was that we we saw this, or even if it was just like bits of a trailer, but it, it is when um Ellie is sneaking through the like like grassy areas in this really dark forest and it's when those the religious people are are, are around that we saw in the original trailer back in the day and like they're hunting you and they have their um their fire out and that's kind of the only thing that's lighting the area i remember looking really cool in whatever that was playing it that to me was the section where i was like nothing has scared me this much in my life like i am legitimately in fear of playing through this segment like there was just something about it the way the infected What's up? I said you were more scared of the seraphites than the infected. Well, because the with the infected, it was like the jump scares, they're gonna get you. With this, it's this thing of they're hunting you down. Like when you're on you're hiding underneath this the 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 tall grass, and it just feels like it is not a scripted thing. This is real gameplay of what I'm doing. And this is when yeah. it goes back to the stealth stuff. It didn't feel like, am I in their field of vision? Are they like yeah. are they gonna get me? There, and it's this creepy stuff of like the way that they communicate with each other is a unique thing that like like normal people don't do. That it's it's this unsettling thing that reminds me of hereditary, like of that type of um horror movie, not the like slasher jump scare type stuff, which this game has plenty of and I think is actually really, really well paced in terms of how many jump scares there are and when they put them. But to me, it's this underlying, like really hereditary is a great way to, to put it, just unease and in the terms of this being a video game, fear of you need to move. The movie's not just going to keep going. Like you need to 
keep crawling as you see them hunting around you and you see the the fires you hear the fire coming around you oh my god yeah so intense uh yeah like i talked about it uh coming out because the section you're talking about is the one we were allowed to preview last time on ps i love you and it was that idea of like the fact that the different groups you run into whether it be the wlf uh, the washington liberation front that ellie talks about or uh the scars the seraphites this cult with the fire right like they all have a, a unique feel to them that I think like uncharted never did when it's yep. just pirate after pirate after pirate. And I would even go back to last of us part one, where really it is like, you know, replaying it. Sure. It's more about uh, clickers infected, but even when we run into the ambush and stuff like that, and even all on, hunters. when you run into the fireflies, it's like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm you're all just our normal people having yeah. the scars walk around and they communicate via whistle is terrifying because for the terrifying. first time you don't know what they're doing because you hear them whistle and they're like doing call and response. And then sometimes it is an agitated whistle and it's like, did they discover a body or are they onto something else? And like, what are they actually communicating right now? And I yeah. want to give a shout out to the, all the accessibility stuff that they have been sure. uh, touting for the last couple of weeks and how intense when you start at the game, like you really need to go through and customize the game in a way that we haven't seen before. Um, there's awesome. so many different different options. And, you know, um, I'm lucky enough that a lot of that stuff isn't stuff that I need to be able to play this game. But the amount of options they give you for somebody that cares so much about audio fidelity and, and 3D audio and all this stuff. It, this game was unlike anything else playing in here on this giant theater screen with surround sound freaking terrifying like hearing the the whistles like around it, it is unmatched to me and this game doesn't even have like atmos and things like that like they did a really good job um, with the, the tech side of not just the yeah. visual obviously this game's beautiful but it sounds so good on the point of accessibility right like you know that, that a lot of that stuff is stuff that that we all aren't necessarily going to need, but like it's still cool to mess around with and stuff that can be useful. Like for me, uh, you know, there there have been the articles and there was a, a whole PlayStation blog where they detailed like what the accessibility options were. And when I went in there, I was like, oh snap! I can turn on subtitles, but then I can also I, I can also make it so that names appear with the subtitles, so I know who's speaking. Then yeah. I can also colorize that and like make the names a certain color so that I can like and I can change change the size and all that. Dude, I went and tweaked. And it, dude, it got to a point where I was like, this is perfect. Like, I, I hope every game does this because the fact that I can make subtitles perfect for how I want it, like, that was such a small thing that made such a, a, a big impact on my experience. But also, like, back to talking about uh, the enemies and stuff, like, again, like, to the, to the whole thing of this game being a journey and being, like, this cool cinematic experience, they do, they do a thing in this game that I don't think I've really seen a game do on any sort of similar level at all where they make every enemy feel like feel like they have consequence right like the and this is the thing we've talked about before in demos and stuff where the enemies will say each other's names the enemies will will, will say a dog's name if you kill the dog right like the way in which they 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 tackle that and the way in which that stuff manifests is really impressive and also the way in which like we talked about the scars in the wlf right like the way in which they they like dive into the different factions and make you kind of understand like you know who these people are and what's going on and like like they go they go beyond like hey these are fireflies or hey these are hunters they go way beyond that in a way that you know makes every kill feel consequential in a way that is crazy to me that i've never experienced in a game yeah, it was, there was actually a point in the game where I hit where I tried to then go non-lethal as much as possible. Um, it didn't always work. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> by the way, I'm not gonna lie. But um, <laughs> but otherwise, I did try and just be like, how well can I maneuver around everybody and not have to do anything? Like, um, I think blessing that you had mentioned this before, and it was you're talking about how what you discovered you could actually kind of like just hunchback run to wherever you're trying to go or like at least go prone sometimes and just wiggle your way around uh, because I was always into the the thought I was still going back to like regular games right where you just systematically take out people one at a time and then eventually it'll be like oh your, your character will say something and then you know that it's okay for you to stand up and run around and yeah. go look what you want to look for um, but yeah there's definitely sections of this where I mean, you could still do that, but it would take you a while. Um, and it's really all right. Crazy. Somebody who did it, it doesn't take as long as you. Think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played that way as well. Or like, I I sit too long with it though, Greg, and so I'm, I'm always sure. like, okay. What's their pathway? I'll sit there and watch, <laughs> yep. and then maybe I'll make a move instead of just kind of moving around and uh, taking it at one time. Well, 
that's also like the thing uh, I think that that's really cool about this game is that at no point do they really gamify like the the killing. They never really gamify you getting past the waves of enemy to uh, to a point where you don't necessarily feel like you have to kill everybody. Right? Like you feel like you're so much in the story experience where at points I was asking myself like what would Ellie do in this moment? I think Ellie would run because like fuck yeah. all this, like I can get to the next point without having to kill all these people. I'm just going to run. And at all, at like at any time where I had that thought, where I'm just gonna do what I think would make sense in this moment from a story or like just a a human perspective, like that stuff usually worked out in a way where where I thought was really impressive. Yeah, that, totally, that was, man. You know, I'm I'm Go taking everybody out as we play, right? Because I'm trying to scour it for collectibles. I want to make sure I'm knocking out as much work as I can or whatever. But at definitely, again, with how expertly done the story is and how well paced it is and how fascinating it is and personal and emotional like there were definitely the moments where it was i'm right there with you blessing where i was fuck the collectibles fuck whatever i'm trying to do i'm just gonna run i'm just gonna chase i'm just gonna flee for my life i'm going to try to i see the door if i just sneak over there i can get it and i can worry about the trophy stuff later or whatever like you're right that like it is a game you get to play the way you want to play it and i think a big part of how you want to play it is what's happening in the story to me, this game is it's the ultimate illusion. Like they pulled a trick on us that makes us not remember we're playing a game. And that to me is crazy. Like we're talking about like calling out the like the characters' names that, that you're killing and stuff, in addition to them all feeling like unique factions and and there's and, and that's just not like, oh, they use different weapons. It's like they feel different, they act different, they sound different, and then they, they have their names and all of that. And when you add on these characters in the story that you're so invested in you start to forget that they're not real people like it. And I'm saying that even just from a uh, Christine, you were talking about the whole, like staying there and waiting to see what their paths are more often than not. Like I didn't notice a path. Like I felt like they could do anything. They, there wasn't some AI controlling them. It's like this, I was tricked into thinking like they were real people that are coming after me. And if they hear me move, they're going to come find me. Like it wasn't like, Oh, I can trick them. Just sit here long enough. And they're going to go away. Like, that oh, kind yeah. of all added to the the experience of it where I've never experienced that in a video game. Not once. It to just fully grabbed me. I didn't mean like they have like a they just go in a circle. Um, no, and I'm not what I'm saying is like they did it though in Uncharted. Like even in Uncharted yeah. 4, it felt that way. It's like if someone hides behind a, a, a rock, they're gonna pop up. Right. If I can chime in, if you don't mind. Go for it. Is that they do have paths in here as somebody who fucking watched them all, but <laughs> it's the fact that the individual characters have individual paths. So yes. it's not as easy to look at you and be like, oh, you're a green, you're a green hat, red shirt, which means that you're just going to go here to there and back to there. You know, it is a thing of you walk in and it is, all right, I see four or five different guys. Uh, I got to watch and see what their deal is and when do they break yeah. apart. And to your point, if you make noise, or you do stuff, it does change how they act and they will go together and, and they will come find and even more so, like it all—it almost feels like it's less paths and more so like patrols. Like it feels sure. like, like at, at all moments, I felt like the characters were doing their job as opposed to like following like the algorithm or doing like the Horizon Zero Dawn thing where you pull up the the um, focus and you can see the paths yeah. that the monsters are taking, like the the exact path. Like for me, it felt it, it always felt like you know they're they were on their patrols they're doing their lookouts. Like it, it felt like that kind of routine in a yeah. way that you know like when you when you interrupt it, you you get like. That's that's the cool thing is that I feel like whenever you mess around with the AI, the AI fight, fights back, right? Like when you interrupt their patrol or when you interrupt something or when you make a noise or you kill somebody, right? Like whenever somebody whenever whenever somebody finds that body, like you know, things are going down, right? Like it it doesn't feel like this like the uh I guess stereotypical uh reaction where you get a game and you in uh or you get a you get an NPC that sees that a character is dead and then for like a minute they're like on alert. And then, and I guess this is making a Metal Gear Solid reference, but for a minute they're on alert, and then all of a, like all of a sudden forget that that person exists. Like from then on, they're they are on alert, and they are like they're I like I feel like they're on different paths, but I don't have to no. But the with that though, it's not like, just Dave. That it's um, like Steve is on alert because Dave just died. And, yeah, and, like, <laughs> but it, and it's like that sounds like such a stupid thing, and I know that they keep talking about it as if it's just this like. Like we got to get this in there because it's a new, unique thing to this game. It's like, but really, it changes. It, the it game. changes. It's yeah. It means everything to this game. Like the everything. fact that these people have names and the fact that like, like you have you you feel guilty sometimes when you're killing in this game. Like, and in fact, a lot of time I actually felt guilty. Like the first dog I killed, I was like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And the more and more I played the game, the more and more I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. And you know, there there was the early quote from I think Neil Druckmann where. They were talking about this game being a game about hate or a game about revenge. I forget both. Uh, I forget which, but it might have been both. 
Um, and in that way, right, like the more and more you play, the more and more like you get out of what they were talking about as far as this game being being a game about hate. Um, and like it it manifests through everything. Like in 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 some ways, this game al- almost feels like an analysis on hate, like or an oh, analysis sure. on hate on hate and revenge, right? Like the way the way in which they make you really feel that as you're playing, and the way the the way the game goes deeper and deeper into that, I think is really fascinating and really cool. Um, Here's where Christine and, and, breaks out her notebook. Actually, <laughs> no, I, I can't wait to actually be able to talk about this. Like, yeah. you know, no holds barred because there's Whatever, so yeah. there's so much to get into it, uh, as far as that. But yeah, like you know, to the point about this game being about hate, right? Like in a lot of ways, this makes Last of Us One feel like a good a feel good story. Right? Like by the time I finished this game, I was like, man, I kind of want to go back to Last of Us One so I can actually feel something good because this game kind of go this game kind of goes for it as far as like making you feel those feelings that like. Oh, what sorry. Ellie's going through. Oh, go for it. Uh, I, sorry, I keep. I'm like, I think he's done. He's not done. Shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what you and Tim have both said, you're both talking about, like how it's sort of like you. It feels like both of you are are feeling as if the game brought you down. But I felt like I definitely had my moments of laughter. I was laughing a lot in this game. I was smiling a lot in this game. So I do want to make sure so no one's listening to this and feeling like they're just going to be gut punched. I mean, you will at some point. You will. But, like, <laughs> The game will take you different places. Some of those are going to be dark and uncomfortable places, but there's also going to be a lot of very positive, very um, fun. Like I, th- I had also a lot of fun with this and fun watching the characters do what they wanted to do. Um, and so what I've kind of uh, likened to this too is the the game and the theme for me was it's more of like a magnifying glass on the duality of human nature and how we act as humans. That's what it is. And I talked a little bit about this earlier with the other girls. Um, I was like, this is not a zombie game. This is not even a game about the end of the world. This is, those things are a vehicle to be able to strip away a lot of the excess and the things that we get caught up in as humans in order to really dive in and look at how we act and how we treat each other. A hundred percent. And I think that's, yeah. that was what I've been so taken aback with as I've talked to people about it and reflected on it and just thought about this game, right? Is the way that I feel again, an evolution of last of us part one, where I think that everything I loved about last of us one is amplified here. And a big part of that is what I always talk about with last of us one is the ending where I I know it's a tired Greg story, but like, Hey, I waited for the choice to pop up. Would I be able to let her be the human savior for humanity or would I take her back? And then when I realized I got killed and I had, I have to do that because Neil Druckmann was telling me a fucking story. And like, it's not, you're not, you have no choice in this matter. Again, I love that, even though I didn't agree with Joel's decision at the time. Now to be here, that's pulled out. And it's rather than be, I think the end of the game, it's the entirety of the game. And so it's to this Mm -hmm. part of Steimer, you say it better than I'll ever be able to more eloquently than I ever would. It is, not a zombie game it is not a uh, end of the world game it is a human game and it is about these characters and emotions that we've all felt in some way or another not obviously probably in these horrible situations but having those amplified and saying legitimately what would ellie do in this situation all right she does that what would this character do in that situation and seeing how those dominoes and cards fall and tumble out of it and i was talking recently about it i was saying like Somebody was like, oh, it's just, you know, the trailers have been so dark and it's such a dark game. And I don't know if I want to get like into that level of uh, darkness or depression. And I'm like, I don't think of that this game having beaten it twice even that way. Like, yes, it is dark, obviously, literally there is killing in it. There are mature themes we're wrestling with. But I think even in spite of it being fantastical with these uh, infected, it's so human. It's the human experience. And there is dark and there is light and there. Again, in a way, I don't think I usually talk about video game stories like there are characters you connect with. There are journeys you see, you know, Ellie's path and then you can compare it to somebody else and be like, well, that person is on a similar path, but in a different way. And this is what I would take. Like I, my long and short of it is like when I finished The Walking Dead season one. Right. And spoilers, <laughs> Clem in my game killed Lee and then was on her own. And she's this little girl literally lost in a giant field by herself and two strangers there in its credits. I remember standing up in like the next morning waking up and still having that weight on me of just like what a fucking gut punch like you're talking about beating the last of us uh part two either time i didn't feel that kind of weight i felt weight of man what happened to what what is wow what you know like like those kind of things of like 
wondering where stories have taken the different characters I've been on this journey with. But it was like all roads led to one place and then they go somewhere else. And it wasn't to me it, it, like this whole like so fucking depressing kick your teeth. And I remember there was so much concern about it being a uh, 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 violent porn or what? Uh, well, that's not how you call torture it. Torture porn. Torture, torture porn. Thank you very much. Right. Violent and it was like. Porn. I also like <laughs> violent porn. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that right it was very much like i was told a story that involves dark moments and horrible things but like that wasn't the synopsis of it that's I so, feel very like... interesting you say that because i agree with a lot of what you're saying about there being so much optimism and and you know like uh like bright sides to it all but like no game has ever been this dark everyone it, it is a human game but like it is like the worst of humanity and sometimes the best of humanity but we do see the worst and i think that that is and they handle it in a way that to me is is brilliant and it's it's we keep saying the word masterpiece it is a masterpiece talking about last of us one last week on the spoiler cast um and i love the story of, of last of us one and i think that there's so many elements that make it unique but there's so many things that are tried and true zombie tropes of the cannibals or the you know the this and that we know like one of your teams is going to get infected like we've seen all that stuff sure. before Lots of us did it, it they did it very very well but we've seen that stuff before we haven't seen this before the last of us two this story is incredible and it is extremely unique and it is every single moment has something going on that like, i said this earlier about the emotions like i felt every emotion probably more with this game than i've ever felt in another video game did you journal tim I didn't like physically journal, but I definitely, I had to like, I mean, I've been talking it out with people here and there, but it's just like, it. <laughs> I wish I, I journaled. At the, end, at the <laughs> real talk at the end of every night, like I said earlier, like it was so intense that I would need to like take breaks. That isn't just intense from it being dark. It's also intense from just like me being so happy for something that just happened. Like it's just, it's a, it's yeah. emotionally taxing, but I would end every night after I played the game, laying in bed, not able to fall asleep because I'm thinking about it all. See, that's why I you did him. Yeah, well, tell me about your journaling experience, Slimer. <laughs> I mean, so similar to what you guys have been saying, but I didn't know. First of all, I wasn't sure who else had a copy. Um, so I just kind of was, I knew I was left to sit with these emotions by myself. Um, and the only avenue I really had was journaling. So every session after I finished, I would just sit down and write. And I'd write about how I was feeling in the moment, some of the moments that had stuck out to me, both in terms of, yeah, whether or not I had laughed or whether or not I had felt queasy about it or like whatever, like whatever the moment was, just talking about that and then how the character must feel or, you know, the, the different avenues that they might be taking or having those mental gymnastics because we all do. And so I have a, almost like 20 pages in here of just <laughs> shit that I've scribbled down. And then obviously, and I've as I texted with you a little bit more, Greg, when I like rabbit hole dived deep dive down in of like trying to analyze all of these different aspects of the game and looking for more pieces of symbolism and looking for, you know, how to break down. I, I'm trying to be a spoiler. Yeah, spoiler I know, right? like, uh, but yeah, like I really just had to sit and like sit with my feelings because this is a game that asks you to listen. And this is a game that asks you to be contemplative in a way that I think most games do not. And that I think is what's really special about it. Yeah. That's something, before, yeah, definitely. Before we move on, sure. ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by Sunsoil. Uh, these days, it seems like companies are putting CBD in everything. If you don't know where to start, there's a company in Vermont that's down to earth. There we go. And does things differently. And they are Sunsoil. Uh, Gia's been using this recently. She's been doing the, the chocolate mint drops. Um, and she's been enjoying it quite a bit. Sunsoil makes CBD oil that is USDA certified organic. They grow hemp on their farms in Vermont, and they never use pesticides, herbicides, or GMOs. They keep it simple. In fact, most of their CBD products have just two simple ingredients, coconut oil and hemp. Uh, Sunsoil is surprisingly affordable because they farm their own hemp and stick to simple ingredients. They offer higher grade CBD at half the price of other brands. Um, they're really transparent about their um, ingredients and all that stuff. Um, Gia really cares about all that a lot. So that meant a lot to her. Uh, Sunsoil makes pure and simple CBD products at an unbeatable price. You can get 30% off your first order by going to sunsoil.com slash kind of funny. That's S-U-N-S-O-I-L.com slash kind of funny for 30% off your first order one more time 30 percent off your first order by going to sunsoil.com slash kind of funny 
Yeah, uh, obviously spoiler free, but like that's something I'm excited to talk about in the spoiler cast is the fact that I didn't journal, but I did have those conversations, you know, with Jen or no, I guess none of you were there yet. Uh, And it was those conversations of like, like I'm saying, they pull what I love of I'm going to make I'm telling you a story. I'm going to make you do this. I'm going to blah, blah. But there were the days where I I, like it would end on a note where I'm like, I'd wake up the next morning like I'm not excited for this (laughs) like i'm not like i need to jump back in i can't wait and it was like i know what you're trying to do like is it really gonna work and then playing it and be like holy shit like by the end holy shit this worked and i think that's what's going to be interesting is to watch the real-time reaction to this game as people play it and then also the real-time reaction of the difference of the people who drop off and don't finish it and don't come by and see it all the way through they're insane yeah they're totally insane i don't know if they're insane could see i could see being like you may having i'm so cute i'm with greg i'm saying so i'm so no no, no you go it's, 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 it's your mic like, sometimes when we start talking your mic cuts off altogether and it sounds like you stopped in the you know. oh really oh whoops no <laughs> no, no, no. uh no 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 it's totally okay because now i've also let that train of thought's gone so <laughs> But yeah, I'm 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 so curious to see what the response to this game is going to be because I don't know. Like we're all all of us here are are, are extremely positive about it. I don't know if the reception is going to be positive positive about it. Like critically, across it the board, like I think critically it will be 100. I think in terms of fan reaction, I'm very curious to see how people people come down on this because it is so. I I think they're like this is Naughty Dog's most ballsy game. I think 100. Like I think this is Naughty Dog's most like brave game in terms of where they take things like it's this is their most unpre- unpredictable game in terms of where the story goes a lot, of, a lot of the time um and also like it's also a very naughty dog game in terms of you know how the game kind of feels to play in 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 the, in the beats that it goes through uh and the ways that you, that you kind of expect from a, from a naughty dog game but in the ways that it's unpredictable like you know i i i i absolutely love it for those things but i'm so curious to see like where people fall at the end of the day it's it's back to what we we're talking about right of it's doing things and asking things of you as a player. I think it was Christine saying that most games don't. And I think that's the interesting part where, you know, uh, I think where we lost train of thought was this idea that you're crazy if you don't finish it or turn it off. And I feel that, and I, Christine, you're smarter than me. So I feel like that's a weird thing and something unique to video games where it's like, oh, I don't like this twist. Oh, I don't like this person. I don't like this thing. So I'm going to stop playing here. Whereas with a movie, you want to do that. With a book, I feel like most of the time you wouldn't do that. You'd see it through on its journey, what it's trying to tell you, and understand that it's it's going to it's doing this for a reason. And I feel like that's something hmm. not new to games, but in this instance, in the way they're using it in terms of story, gameplay, character, I think it's going to be different and yeah. uh, divisive. Because games traditionally don't typically make you the level of uncomfortable that you could get during this. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, sort of to Tim's point earlier that. This is some of the darker things you'll probably ever see in any aspect of media. That's not even video games. Um, So I don't necessarily fault anybody if they do get hung up on a point and are like, "Uh, maybe it's this is not for me. But I would I would ask you to continue forward, however, that may be, because one of the beautiful things about this game is, as we mentioned already, the accessibility options. So if maybe you're feeling like this is too much, I'm highly stressed, knock it down a notch, right? Like you can you can make it so that you can then get through the gameplay parts and not maybe be as hyper-stressed, um, but still continue through the story. Um, so that was something that I did at some point, at some parts where I was like, you know what? There's enough in the world that's, <laughs> that's to worry about. I don't need to worry about whether or not this asshole is going to flank me right now. No, you can't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, going back, go for it. Yeah. Going back to uh, what I was saying about like that you're insane is like I just think that the level of quality of this game um, kind of deserves you being uncomfortable and not liking decisions they made and like to see it through mm-hmm. because they really like to me prove for so many hours that like yeah no, no this is going to be continually this good you got to keep going and it reminds me a lot actually of um, The Walking Dead where The Walking Dead season seven like everyone was kind of in on Walking Dead. But then it got a little shaky, and then it was like this moment uh, where with Glenn, where it happened, and pretty much unanimously, everyone's like, "Done with the show, I'm out." And that's because the quality of the show wasn't there to back up decisions being made, mm. and like, t- and that's the the difference with with 
this is when with characters and the paths that they're going down, I was like, cool, I'm here with you to the end of the story, even if I don't agree with what you're doing and I don't like what you're doing. Um, whereas with Walking Dead, I was just like, I, I did not like how you handled that. You're yeah. done. If I can toss in a more, I think, relevant answer that I'm sure somebody in the YouTube comments is already attacking me for, or you're yelling it in your car at the radio. I think it's comparable for me personally to Red Dead Redemption 2, where I did 20 hours and I was like, I just don't like John Marston at all. And like, I don't really like the gameplay I'm doing and I'm not interested enough in the story to go on, right? It wasn't, it, that wasn't like, you know, 20 hours in, right, is a healthy part of a normal game. Red Dead, there was even more to do. Whereas this one, I think when you get to these points where you're like, I don't know if I agree with this decision. Oh, I guess that's that's painting with too broad a brush. I was going to say you don't have much of the game left. There's enough decisions in this game and weird things that happen that, no, you're, it happens early on, I guess. But I still feel this is more in line with what we were I was talking about earlier with like a movie or a book where it's like, I don't like this or I don't know about this, but I'll give them a shot because of X, Y, and Z. Whereas 20 hours into Red Dead, I was like, I've given you the shots I'm willing to give you and this just isn't for mm -hmm. me, right? Like, whereas this one, I feel like comparably the ride is short enough to where you're like, well, I've already come this far. I might as well see what's up. Did you mean two yeah. or one? Red, Red Dead 2. Red Dead Redemption 2, did I say? Yeah. You just said oh, I did say John Morgan. I'm sorry. Nope, sorry, sorry. Arthur Morgan's the one I did not like. I, love yeah, that. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, which yeah, I mean, even I think to that, right? Like for me there are some directions or some decisions in this game that I, I, that don't necessarily vibe with me. Right. Like I think story-wise, like narratively, I think I loved pretty much everything. I thought it was, I thought it was phenomenal, but there are some gameplay choices in there that like, as the game kind of progresses and goes on and goes on further, that kind of did rub me the wrong way. And I understand why, why they made some of those choices. And I think like at the end of the day, the whole game works together well enough to justify the direction uh, that they went with 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 quite a few things but there there are some moments in the game where i'm like all right cool like i i, I didn't necessarily and it's, it's so hard to, to talk about this without doing the spoiler cast so <laughs> next, next week's is the spoiler cast right that's when we're we're, we're still figuring out timing on some stuff with that we'll okay. announce it later gotcha but i'll i'll be able to talk about it more in the spoiler cast but there are there are some things where i'm like in in there that kind of hold it back for me in terms of some risky decisions they made like some like very brave and very like out there, out there a little bit decisions that that they made that 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 didn't necessarily vibe with me but you know at the end of the day i still kind of i still kind of respect those decisions and like overall the whole the whole package still works super well yeah, I think yeah in there terms was of moment, um sorry there was only one moment in there and it was super minor that and i already texted you about this greg i was like yeah. this is the only moment that felt off to me in a character and is one very small thing at one point um but that was literally the only time where i felt that something that they were doing felt out of character. That doesn't mean I agreed with what they were doing, but it meant that I could understand their perspective and figure out why they might think that in that moment, that was the correct thing to do. Yeah. All my, the criticisms I have of this game, they're, they're very few. And I feel like most of them are things where I'm, and it sounds like we're all kind of in uh, agreement here where it's like, that's not how I would have done it. It's not what I wanted, but they did this mm -hmm. and I got to respect that they did it because it, they, they nailed the execution of what they were trying to do. Like there are certain um, parts where I'm like, this feels like it's going on a little bit too long, but it kind of had to. And I get why they did it that way. And it didn't feel like mm -hmm. adding at any point. It just felt like, okay, this is trying to, again, make me feel something from this. Um, the one criticism I do have from a gameplay perspective is the amount of combination locks that are in this game. Like, this game doesn't have many of those things where it's like, you know, it's so easy to talk about the like, oh man, you have to squeeze through this little section because it's the game's loading or, oh, you need to boost me up. And like the first game had those things uh, in abundance where you can point to a whole, how many times are you going to pull the little thing yeah. on the water with Ellie on it, right? This yeah. game doesn't have those. Like it doesn't have a ton of things that you're like, oh, I'm annoyed by this. The rope in this game is awesome. Anytime you have to throw the rope to like solve a puzzle, it's always in a way that I've never seen in a video game where it's like, you know how I want this to work is this. And then that works every single time. I was like, what if I throw it over this thing, which will go in between these two things. So it'll lock on my, like, Oh, that worked. Awesome. Yeah. And they don't go down that well too many times, but the combination locks they use so often in this game, which I'm totally fine by. for the safes. Yes, they're they're safes with the the combination yep. locks on them. So Why if does everybody can... in this world own everybody in this world owns a safe, and I don't understand. Oh, you babies! There's like nine safes in the game. No, like, but here's the thing. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I don't have a problem with the safes. 
My problem is with the combinations, how every single time you get the combination, it's just from a letter. Every single time it's from a letter. You get the letters. Then to get the combination, you need to pull it up, go to the letter, find the thing. It's like if I have the letter and if I've already read the letter, open the safe. Don't make me uh, manually put the uh, thing in. It's so annoying and it just it reminds me I'm playing a video game. Dude, some I them, sorry. So you have to figure it out yourself. Like not all of them, but there are some where it's like, it's this, but this. And you have to go find those numbers in the world and like actually crack the safe. See, that was my thing. I loved the safes in this game. And, and part of it is because I didn't re- even remember there being safes, number one, in Last of Us Part One. And then when I did w- run through and replay it, it was that you read the letter and you know the safe combination. Otherwise, you go to the safe and it goes, oh, you don't know the combination. So this time around, like the safes are always so close to the numbers that it would be this fun game to me, at least, because I guess I'm a huge dork, where it would be of like, I read the letter or I see it on the wall or I understand something and I'd be like, runner like, all right, 38, 76, 92, 38, 76. There it is. I run over 36, 79. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I understand I like, what you're saying, but. I like the figure it out nature of it. Like, I like the fact that it feels like you are, like, this is the thing that would happen in the real world where you have to figure out what the safe combination is and like find the letter or find like the, the thing that's written somewhere. Yeah, the clue somewhere in the world. Yeah, like I think that's cool. I'm just wondering what the who the safe manufacturer is that like is selling everybody <laughs> the same exact safe. Acme's getting that money. To me, it's just oh, it's wasted animation. It's wasted loading screens. It's things where it's mm-hmm. like it feels like a game. And the other one to me is the weapon um, upgrade stuff. Super neat. It the graphics are so impressive when you're upgrading your weapons and it's you like you have to work benches with your guns. Oh yeah, it's, it's like so cool. how can things look this good? But it's also a thing of like, well, I do enjoy that at any point I can just take the pills and get my uh upgrades that way when it comes to the rest of the stuff why isn't there an option for weapons to do that like it just seems admittedly the workbenches are way better in two than they were in one one they were so spread apart from each other that they almost felt like they didn't need to be there whereas this one very much upgrading your weapons is a part of the gameplay because as bless was saying you use every weapon you have way more than you do in the first game you can't just stick to your favorite gun like you are using everything and so the workbench matters more but I don't know. It's just like it, it's the video game shit that in a game that doesn't feel like a video game at all bother me and stand out. Sure. You I, I think for, for <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love I love the workbenches, but I I I feel what you're saying. See, um, I thought I got excited by the workbenches being there. I, they're, they're better than one. I think there's more of them, and I don't have that on actually written down, but they're better paced at least. Where it yeah. would be that thing of. I feel like I would get the scrap and then finally be like, I'm about ready. Oh, there's one awesome. And I get excited to do it. I mean, I, and, but I'm with you of like, yeah, if I'm just eating pills and then going through my upgrade tree of what I want, which again, I think is done better than last time around where totally. it was just a laundry list. This one, it's like different skill trees. You have way more options to pick and choose as you Very go. Cool. Yeah, really cool way to do it. I think for me, as far as as far as critique goes, right? Like, I think the I think the story and narrative pacing is absolutely perfect. Like, I think they they absolutely nailed that. I think the gameplay pacing was a bit off for me. Like I feel like at a certain point, there were multiple sections that felt like they they stretched just too long uh, in terms of sections of the game. Like I felt like those kind of went on longer than they needed to in a lot, in a lot of places, uh, especially for what the gameplay is. Like I absolutely love the gameplay. I don't necessarily absolutely love the gameplay for for as long as I got uh, in the game for as long as I was playing the game. Like I feel like at certain points it kind of overstayed its welcome, and that all played well for the story that all worked for the narrative experience and how that experience was was being dealt out but as far as like me being in it and me doing the last was things of getting into combat fighting humans fighting infected um solving how i get to a certain place like at a certain point i was like all right if we if we squeezed everything a little bit closer together I feel like that could have been a bit tighter because I don't know. I don't know if the game is needs like absolutely needs to be as long as it needs to be. Yeah. I was talking to Tim about this. I think yesterday, right, Tim, where the last section, no spoilers, but him being like, Oh man. And then that happened and it, it kind of kept going. And I, and it, for me, it was the second playthrough. I was shocked at how fast everything went because I think the first time around you are very much like, all right, I got seven bullets in this gun, this thing. I got to quietly take this person out. And then on the second one where I'm like, all right, cool. I know I'm just three rooms away. I'm, you know, I'm shooting explosive arrows at this guy. I'm Molotov and that dude. And it's like, I know I'm about to get through this thing. And so it actually went a little bit quicker for me. Now, granted, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the first experience, I think, more where it was. I'm in that moment as Ellie. I don't know what's around the corner next time, right? Like, I need to figure out and sit there with all my weapons. And again, back to what we're talking about with gameplay. And I know I've said it on PS I Love You, but like, I think hats off to them. And I don't know how 
you design game AI the way they do that it felt like every battle came down to my last bullet or my last arrow or whatever. It was always by the skin of my teeth. I got through these sections. If I fought everybody. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, no, it's that, that is the most impressive thing that they, they do. Like they somehow manage to, and again, it goes back to the emotions and feeling like this, this game does that. And like to kind of speak to some of the more like tender moments, it's like in the first game, um, I, I, when I replayed it and we talked about it last week, I was so impressed at how many characters there were where, Joel and Ellie get so much praise all the time, deservedly. But when you look at, you know, even characters like Sam and Henry, and they're in the game a lot longer than I remember. And uh, mm. Tess is like so great. And like these characters are so memorable and like full of life. This game um, is, I would say, succeeds that even more. There's a, a larger cast of characters and there's not a single character I wasn't invested in. Good or bad. I might have hated them, but I was not supposed to hate them. But like I, they were hateable they were created as a character <laughs> that i'm just like yeah like fuck you you know like that mm-hmm. to me is, is what makes it special because you can have a great story you can have you know fun dialogue and all that stuff but if the characters don't feel unique and like they back each other up into the choices that the story is making and the themes then it it's all for naught but all of it works together in such a beautiful way that like i'm i know i'm just rambling here but the they back the characters themselves and the environments they in work together so well like we've seen so many different environments now but with this game there's so many biomes you're in that i didn't expect to see and the game constantly wowed me in the same way that playing um left behind when you're in this mall and the way that they handled the the duality of going back between where Ellie is trying to save Joel and, you know, her and Riley um, in more of like an active uh, mall. This game has so many things that just feel like that to me where I was like, didn't see this coming. Wow. It's fucking good. Yeah. And I mean, to that point, right? Like shout out to how well they did Seattle. Like they, as somebody who lived in Seattle for four years, right before moving down here to, to the Bay, right? Like there are moments in the game where they point out certain locations or they're, they're talking about like, you know, what was life like before the outbreak or whatever. And they're, and they're talking about it in relation to, to Seattle. And I remember tearing up at a certain point, like I've been ta- talking about how like, yeah, man, people used to like walk through here and do this, and do that. And like legit, like tears in my eyes. I was like, I used to walk through there. Like I, like, <laughs> like, I, was, I was one of those people. Before. And, like that, that was legit me in the game, forgetting that like in real life we're fine. Well, you're not fine, but like in real life we're not we're not <laughs> experiencing out. We're like, the dog like, room on fire. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> as far as where the last of part two is, um, and so like you know I think that they they uh, they recreated Seattle super well. They like super nailed uh, so many different aspects in, in, in different locations within Seattle. Uh, so shout out to that. I also want to shout out to like how I feel like this game learned quite a bit from Uncharted 4 in a way that I wasn't expecting, especially because I felt like Uncharted 4 learned from The Last of Us. Um, but like there are quite a few action sequences in this game that felt way more actionier than L- The Last of Us 1. Like there are certain moments in this game where I'm like, oh yeah, that's that feels very Uncharted 4 in a way that doesn't feel out of place. Like in it a way that, that works. It's grounded action. Yeah. And then that's, that's exactly. you're, you're nailing it. Like there is a a a car scene where you're in a car and it feels as visceral and intense as anything we've seen in the uncharted series but when things are happening you fear for the characters in a way you never did in uncharted you were never worried that oh man like some spikes gonna come through and and kill this character and then they're gone you know and like like it's that type of thing where there's always a fear of something might happen so as fun and riveting as it is you're scared about what's around the corner in a way that Nathan Drake can get dragged behind a Jeep through the mud. You're just like, fuck yeah, let's go. Well, that's Nathan Drake. Impenetrable. Yeah, the scenes for sure are, I think, way more cinematic. And that's what I was talking about again, evolution. Where I think when I think when I think of Last of Us, I'm like, oh my God, it was such a cinematic game, and blah, blah. And you go back and play it in like the environments and the way they act in them and the way the cameras are usually anchored. It's like, oh wow, we really have come really far and you didn't think about it. And that's then you play this game and it is on another level, I think, of how to direct and how to express action, how to do uh, just scenes in general and show characters. And I mean, like, you know, it's even in I forget which one of the trailers, but like Ellie shaking hand right after an intense moment, like the veins on characters arms, the way their clothes will ripple. Like there's so many crazy things like that, let alone what you're talking about, Tim. And I think the uh, the way the game establishes every time it needs to. But early on, of like 
no one's safe and no one is going to get a grand send-off. You know what I mean? Things can happen here in a second. You don't see it coming. You don't know what's going on. And that's the world Ellie lives in. And you need to get used to that and have your mind that way too. Man, video games are cool. And especially this year, like there's been so many times I'm playing a game and I'm just like, how is this real? Final (laughs) Fantasy VII Remake, Resident Evil 3 Remake in different ways, playing them. I was like, how does it look this good? How does it feel this good? How is all of the elements, are all the elements coming together this well? And then playing Last of Us 2. Like that, I don't understand how it feels somehow even better than what I was just saying. Like, Everything comes together so perfectly in this game where I'm just like, damn, suddenly I have a lot more criticism of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> One of the little things that I appreciated a lot about it was the way it would seamlessly flow between cutscene and re- and gameplay. Yep. Um, so there'd be a lot of times where like it just felt so natural to like you are more like anxious or whatever and you're inclined to push the stick and you realize you can take over the character again you're like oh it is me okay let's go like <laughs> we're doing the thing now um but it really i appreciated it a lot but mostly because like i'm i was talking about this earlier with some people like nowadays if you have a lo- like a regular loading screen i'm checking my phone like i you'll just, you'll just disconnect so much more um so to the fact that they are just like seamlessly flowing in and out obviously help keep the pace of the game, which is really smart, uh, but then also just keeps you engaged the whole time. Yeah, you talk about coming out of it, right, in terms of like, oh, I can move the character. I had it the opposite so many times where it's a, you know, mash square, try to fight this thing off, and then I would notice that I'm still mashing square into the cutscene, and I was like, oh, this is going, this doesn't need me anymore. And also for load screens, I want they just totally deserve a shout out for how quick reloads are on death. Insane. Where yes. I was like, I don't like the, it happened multiple times, but definitely the first few times where, you know, it's a tip screen and it's got like, you know, hit R1 or whatever it is to see the other ones. And it would be like, Oh, it popped up. And I put the controller on, I look at my phone and I look up and be like, Oh shit. It, like it's, there's the X, but the X button comes up so quick on these, you die in the game and reload that I had to get used to like, no, just sit there for two seconds and it's, you're back into it. Yeah. yeah. One thing yeah, that I, I talking thing. about the cutscene stuff uh, that was so impressive to me, there's a, Anytime I'm playing through a video game, I will make a, a custom save, like a separate save when I'm like, this is so cool or so great that I want to show someone. And yeah. usually it's Geo where I'm like, this looks so good. I want you to just see this. I want you to understand what I'm playing, what I'm doing. This game has more saves than I've ever had before. I think I have like <laughs> seven or eight where I'm just like, I need to show you these things. And um, last night I was showing her this bit and she watched and she watched me play for probably five minutes. And then she was like, wait, so when are they going to let you play? And I was like, and I, I put the controller down and uh, Ellie stopped moving. And she was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you were playing that? And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> like, that's, that's where video games are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think we're wrapping up here. So I, one final shot I want to give is a, a total Greg Miller thing. Like this trophy list. Fucking after having probably the worst trophy list I've ever seen for a Sony first party game in Last of Us Part One, this trophy list is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, embargo uh, doesn't let us uh, publish it or anything like that. Not that we, were, I'll, I'll list the trophies for you, but like, and it, they they put this into their accessibility post that there's no difficulty trophies, so you don't have to worry about that. You can go through this game and play on whatever you want and experience it, and then if you want to come back and you want to go do all the different things and find all the different collectibles, it's there for you. Oh, man, I might want to do it, Greg. Yeah. I want to talk to you after this. I want to know sure. what's up. Oh, man. Any closing thoughts, guys? Go play this game. Speech. Game of the year got heated. Like Game of the year got I'm heated. I'm curious to see like, what Fire Cyberpunk brings because like, I don't know what I don't know what other game can do it. Like, I'm sure there might be some surprises that come through towards the end of the year, but man, like, it's the, the conversations are about to be on fire by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see what everybody's reviews and takes and podcasts are about this because I think this game is immaculate and unlike anything we've ever seen before. I legitimately think this game has a chance to get more tens than uh, any video game's ever gotten before. We'll have to see. I'm sorry, real quick too, Blessing. Can you remind me who has The Last of Us Part Two in the PlayStation Draft for PS I Love You XOXO? Oh man, I think that might be Greg Miller. I think it's listen. It's Cyberpunk. It's Cyberpunk still has a chance to come out and be just as excellent. All right, let's not let's not get ahead. Can you imagine? Video games are so cool. Uh, Steimer, where can people find you? Man, I'm just like 
no, now I want to fight about it. But like, <laughs> no fight about it. Go fight. No fight. Uh, well, I was going to say, I, while I think Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be amazing, it's not going to be a statement the way that this is. I just yeah. don't think it can be. Um, I think it'll be a fantastic game, but I think as Greg has mentioned, um, and we've been kind of talking around, is like, this is slightly more than a game, and this makes you think in ways that I don't think a lot of other developers are even really going for. So I don't think it's necessarily fair to pit them against each other. All right, that's it. Um, <laughs> but if anyone does, wouldn't it be CD Projekt Red? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm pitting them against each other. Then Halo Infinite comes off the bench. <laughs> oh, I hope Party I Man hope Miles I hope. Morales. Oh my God, you guys. Steimer, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, on the What's Good Games podcast. So you can we release the show every Friday. I'm horrible at this, by the way. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter. I'm just at Steimer. Um, and yeah, that's true. And yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us. This has been a great one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be a lot more Last of Us content here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Um, P.S. I love you next week on Monday. will Oh, I'm no, sorry. On Tuesday will be a Your Questions and Answers Questions Answered Q&A. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about here. Um, so go submit those over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We will be doing a spoiler cast. No details on that yet, but it it is imminent. It is in the next couple weeks for Now, sure. do you not want to because we need to decide stuff, or do you not want to because like certain things aren't locked in? Uh, a little both, right? Okay. Right? I mean, basically what we had talked about before is basically what's going to happen. Not not the thing. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. We'll <laughs> talk about it later, but stay tuned. It's exciting stuff. Anyways, till then, love you guys. Bye. Game provided by PlayStation. Please bring it up one more time, Kev. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it, Kev. One final. Ah, good job. There it is. is FTC, I dare you to come after me no. now. I dare you.